And joined by Gibran, the Parlay Pounder. Yes, sir. We're back. We're back. Yes, we are. Um, now we're not in the same location due to inclement weather, but yeah, that's going to happen in Nebraska. Yes, it will. I mean, it's it's only one of the few times that we haven't been able to get together in this over a year doing this. So I think we're doing pretty good on that aspect. Yeah, I think we're I think we're like fifty four to fifty six weeks, something like yeah. that. So pretty good. Not bad, not bad. We're we've got a pretty <laughs> good average going there. No, I think so as well, Andy. So uh, I think we're going to shift gears a little bit here. We've talked some college basketball. Let's talk a little bit more college basketball. For sure, Andy. But yeah, let's get into some Big 12, Big 10 action. For, yep. Uh, and let's start with a team that everybody knows a lot about, Kansas. Uh, yeah. And they suffered a loss, you know, a couple days yeah. ago. Uh, fun game, Kansas State. Yeah, yeah that, that was absolutely crazy going into overtime. Uh, Kansas had a chance to win in regulation, didn't get a shot up, had a chance to win in overtime, didn't get a shot up. K-State just, yeah, just hung on just enough and then stormed the court after. It's pretty pretty good for Wildcat fans. Yeah, and then that, you know, being in the, the thread, the, the group message, just having that yeah. beep every other half minute, that, yep. that was just as much fun for me to watch as the game. Yeah, for sure. Our our, uh, our brother, that's a huge Jayhawk fan, is uh, he was down in the dumps after that one. So what an idiot! Well, he deserved it now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but we're talking. We're fast forwarding to Saturday. TCU, yeah. the Horn Frogs, they're ranked 14th currently, taking on yeah. Kansas in Lawrence. They're ranked number two. Probably drop a spot or two. That's a, a high noon tip off on CBS. Jabron, how are you feeling on this one? Yeah, for sure, Andy. And uh, you know. This is a pretty crazy matchup right now because TCU is just coming off a big win over Kansas State, who just beat Kansas, and they beat them all uh, 82 to 68 just four days earlier. So this is a crazy matchup here. I do think Kansas is going to be a little bit amped up just because they just dropped that to uh, K State, and it's in you know it's it's in Lawrence, so they always play better there. So I really think this is probably going to open up to around a three to four point line in favor of the Jayhawks. And I think that they probably do end up covering that. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be at the fog. Uh, They got a pretty darn good record at the fog, not just straight up, but against the spread. For sure. Um, There, there could be a case here though, where the Jayhawks get inflated too much, you know, the revenge factor and all those things. Um, and if, if there's a line that gets a little too wacky, it might be a spot where you want to jump on the Horn Frogs. Yeah, exactly. Like we said, we're just projecting this. It's, you know, so, so far in the future on Saturday that we think it's probably going to be three to four points. But if this gets anywhere near seven to eight or even 10 points, you know, with everybody hopping on Jayhawks with all their, uh, you know, just thinking that they're going to bounce back really easily. TCU might be a sneaky good play here because they've only lost three games on the year. Yep. And with the way the big 12 is this year in basketball, that's a very good record to have. Yeah. Top to bottom. It's really tough to beat the big 12 this year. Let's really stay is. in the big 12. Yeah. Uh, one o'clock tip off on ESPN two. That is Texas tech. Yeah. And Kansas state, a team we just kind of mentioned they're ranked 13th sure. in the nation. Texas tech, believe it or not, as good as ball they've been playing. They're in the bottom yeah. of the big 12. 
Yeah, Andy, they're they're 0-6 in conference. And but it was just like we just said, it's probably the best conference in basketball. Uh, you know, it, it used to be just the Jayhawks. You know, Jayhawks are winning this, Jayhawks are winning the Big 12, maybe Oklahoma or Texas, you know, spits out a pretty fairly good decent team. But I I see this conference bringing eight or nine contenders to the dance here in wow. uh, you know, March. So it, it's crazy to think that Texas Tech coming in with an 0-6 record could compete with uh, Kansas State. But Texas Tech, just in the last month, has played Kansas to three, Oklahoma to overtime, and just lost to Texas to two. So these guys know how to play basketball. They necessarily don't know how to win, but I think they keep this close. So just projecting, you know, Kansas State probably going to be in the top 10 after beating Kansas. uh, We'll probably have a little bit of an inflated line here to seven or eight. And you're going to have to really look at that when you, you know, put into a factor how well Texas Tech can stay with teams. I like Texas Tech here. um, And I'll have to wait for the line, obviously. Yeah. But the Red Raiders, um, they're, they're still after it. They're still hungry. And they believe they can, they believe in themselves, if you ask me from what I've seen. And Kansas State, they might read the newspapers a little bit here. This yeah. is a good spot for them to kind of trip up at home. Maybe, you know, one o'clock tip off on a Saturday. And, you know, Texas Tech, they are on the bottom of the league. You like yeah. you can't you can't deny that. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And I think Kansas State, you know, will come in with a little bit of a, you know, you know, this is the worst team in the Big Twelve, but if you look back on the last five for K-State, they they just play teams very close. It seems like they always either dip to the competition or play up to it. Just in the last five games, they played Kansas, like we said, to overtime, played Baylor to overtime, and then uh, really uh, lost a, you know, kind of a squeaker to uh, TCU as well. So yeah. they, they either play up or play down. I mean, obviously, those are all really, really good uh, basketball teams, but – in the yeah. Big 12, anything could happen. If this gets up to eight or ten points, I would look at the Red Raiders very closely. All righty, let's shift gears a little bit here and head on over to the Big Ten. Yeah. We're talking our Huskers. We're no talking doubt. Penn State. <laughs> One fifteen tip-off on the Big Ten Network, BTN. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, this is uh, that's literally how you got to, you know, start this because we don't know about the Nebraska Cornhuskers. If you're just going by ESPN analytics and all this stuff, yeah. Penn State has an 85.5% chance to win this game. You wouldn't expect anything else with Nebraska coming in with a two and five Big Ten record. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just the, they're just outmatched. The, like you always talk about, they don't yeah. have a big guy. Everybody in the Big Ten has a center, has that force in the middle. Nebraska, yeah. once again, is trying to get by with a sixth or seventh year senior that's 6'9", 6'10". Undersized. Uh, undersized, yeah. completely out of position, doing the best he can. I, I, you know, I don't, I like the effort. I, I can see what yeah. he's trying to do. Yeah, for sure. The horses to do it. Yeah, no, I agree, Andy. And the way you look at this Penn State team, they I, I don't really think that they have the big guys either. I mean, their 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 best rebounder is a guard. This picket kid is across the board and everything for him, averaging 17, 7, and 7. So he's an all he's you know, he's the all-world beater for the Penn State Indy Lions, but they don't have that, you know, quote unquote seven footer that's kind of been bully balling us around. So Penn State. Obviously, they're a little better than us, but um, just sitting at three and four in conference, I don't really see 
you know, an uptick of that much in, you know, uh, value. So you might have to look at a sneaky Cornhusker team. They like to do this every three or four games and sneak a win in. Especially on the road. I don't know what it is, but it's a sneaky spot, like you said, and the Huskers have performed well on the road in the Big Ten. Yeah. Had Purdue on the ropes. Yeah. Team of the nation on the road. Yeah, no doubt, Andy. And yeah, just beat a, a, a pretty good Minnesota team on the road as well. I mean, not a pretty good, but uh, yeah. a, a Big Ten team on the road. Any, any team that we beat on the road is a, is a big deal. But uh, the game that I kind of look back to, Andy, is Iowa. And Penn State played them really close to a four-point game, just narrowly beating them out at the end. Yeah. And Nebraska came out and just smacked Iowa. I mean, it was kind of an anomaly, but it shows you that this Nebraska team can play with this Big Ten, you, you know, competition. So uh, depending on what this is, like I said, this this line is probably going to open up anywhere from five to seven points towards the Nittany Lions. Yep. So that would be astronomical if the, you know, Cornhuskers can come out and kind of play their game, just, you know, hustle, 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 and keep in this game and cover that spread. Yeah, and I think there's some value to be had there. We'll have to wait and see what the line does settle out before tip-off. But, hey, yeah. before we move forward, should we take a look back at some of our hits let's and misses? Yeah. Well, let's start with the bad news. And yeah. for me, it was the Vikings. I thought they were going to show up better than that at home. I thought they had a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. They just couldn't do it. No, they couldn't. And, you know, the Giants really just did what Gi- the Giants do, is come out with that running game. And, you know, Saquon had a – marvelous day daniel jones did probably the best football i've ever seen him play so the giants they are the nfc beast they uh they they you know it it was a good game the vikings you know kind of i listened to the chatter that they're not that good or you know they're you know just a mediocre team that won 13 games so that you know that really hurts you know vikings fans but uh it they kind of showed their colors in the last couple games here in the season they, they did. They did. They tripped up a little bit. Uh, for some of my hits, I will fast forward to that game a couple of days ago. Yeah. Tampa Bay. I, yeah. I just didn't think they could get it done against the Cowboys. I thought the Cowboys' body of work was better. I thought they were yeah. just a way better team across the board. And Dak, give him his credit. Yeah, he looked yeah. better than Brady. I'm not comparing them Yeah, like a lot of people do. Oh, you're talking yeah, about yeah, the joke. Yeah. No, I'm talking about that game and where they're at in their careers right now. No, I agree, Andy, and that was my miss that I had checked up over here. Biggest miss that I had of the weekend was thinking the Cowboys didn't have a chance in this game. Uh, I really thought that Tom, you know, kind of turned the corner in the last couple of weeks knowing what they were going to do on offense. Right. It did not seem that way. They opened up absolutely terrible. Dallas, you know, just had that defense running uh, running around, and then, like you said, Dak just really, uh, really yeah. smacked it to him, and uh, got both those running backs going early. So that was uh, very good on the Cowboys. Now, uh, one of my one of my hits that I'm going to have right here is a player prop. And I was high on Brady. I was high on Brady. But one of my props was that he'd have over one and a half touchdowns. He did squeak out too. So that was a, that was a hit of mine. And then the other one that I had that I feel really uh, good about was that Travis Etienne over 75 and a half rushing yards. And he kind of went wild in that second half of that Chargers game, which, you know, was an upset for everybody, especially with the Chargers going up early in that game. Yeah, and you had to sweat it with the Brady prop, but yeah. he never gave up and he kept chipping away and he did get for you sure. that second score. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, there's a alarm show up against it. 
And yep. you weren't alone uh, with that Tampa Bay bet. Uh, sure. A lot of the people that I follow on social media and the books that I look at, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are on that singing the same song there about temp Tampa Bay. Yeah, no, I don't know if it was more that people just hate the Cowboys uh, other than, you know, looking at the actual stats. So I will have to uh, give my, you know, shout out to the Cowboys. I was rooting against them and they smacked me in the mouth for it. Well, before we take a break, let's take a minute to recognize one of our fabulous sponsors. That is the Nebraska Brewing Company. World class in every glass. You know I'm enjoying that Cardinal uh, Pale Ale. What are you on? Obviously, the Taco Mesa, as <laughs> always. Why do I even ask? Right. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL. I'm your host, Andy Class, and joined by Gibran. The Parlay Pounder. You got it. We're back. Let's get into some NFL football. Yes, sir. Second round of the playoffs. Well, first round for some. Yeah. Uh, those lucky teams that had the bye. Yeah. And I think that's where we're going to start, right? We're going to start yeah. with the Jags versus the Chiefs. Let's do it. One of the most inflated lines or lopsided lines, if you will. Yeah. Jaguars right. have to go to Arrowhead, where they are taking on the Chiefs. Chiefs are a eight-and-a-half-point favorite. That is a 3.30 kickoff on NBC. And man, oh man, a lot of people like the Chiefs here. Yeah, no doubt about it, Andy. And so much so that I've seen most of my books have already jumped it to nine. You can still get it on eight and a half if you, you know, shop it around a little bit. Yeah. But most books will be at nine probably by Friday. So yeah. uh, if you're if you're looking to get it on the Chiefs, do it early because it's going to go up. And this could get to 10 by the time this kicks off on Saturday. So um, the way I'm kind of leaning on this one, Andy, is the the Jags are on a special run right now. And anybody that says that they're not is kind of, you know, I'm not listening to it because this Jags team, nobody gave them much of a chance this year, you know, coming off that huge, you know, disappointing year of, you know, Urban Meyer and everything like that. They finally get a coach, a Super Bowl winning coach, Doug Peterson. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I just think, I don't think people are giving them the actual respect they deserve. And going by that, I think the Chiefs win this game, but I think it's by a touchdown or less. Really? Yeah. Okay, give give the Jags their due. They are five and one against the spread their last six, six and oh straight yeah. up their last six games. So that's a special type of run, as you mentioned. I feel like it has to end sometime and the the barrel's gotta be pretty close, you know. They gotta be close to being out of gas. And then yeah. also being on the road, you know, all the yeah. time too for a lot of those games. Uh, I just think now you're now you're talking a different animal. Chiefs look so good uh, against the Raiders, and we've seen it all year with the Chiefs. When they yeah. need to turn it on, or when they want to turn it on, boy, can they! They can hit another gear pretty quick. Um, and to go along with that, the Jaguars are one in six against the spread their last seven games versus the Chiefs. So yeah. I'm looking. I, I'm buying the Chiefs too, and I'm, so I, I'm getting in on that line early. I yeah. think it's going to be closer to 10 points, a 10-point victory for the Chiefs. I think the ja tip your cap to the Jaguars, and and oh yeah, uh, Sunshine Lawrence, he hasn't lost since <laughs> high school on Saturday. I don't care. Uh, he didn't play Patrick Mahomes in high school. Yeah, no, he did. Yeah, 
<laughs> no, I uh, I get where you're coming from, Andy. I mean, I, I just have to split on this one. And I've been on the Chiefs all year, obviously, jumping on big spreads and, you know, kind of getting eaten by them. But Jacksonville is 5-1 and one against the spread in its last six games. Right. All wins. All wins. And, uh, you know, Jacksonville, I believe, has just been too you know, dominant on the offensive side of the ball for this to get out of hand. So they've averaged 29 and a half points per game during the last six game winning streak. I just don't think that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to stomp them out. Uh, Kansas City struggles uh, with the spread at home this season. Part of the play and, you know, it's the team is too dominant to catch these lofty spreads like winning by seven in the NFL should be a really good thing and and uh the chiefs do that a lot but their spreads are usually like this eight and a half to nine points so yep. give me the jags i i just think that they cover the spread chiefs win in the game uh no it that, that's a that's a really good argument that's a, a good thought to have uh but you might be falling in, in love with some of your player props that have been hitting with for you last couple of weeks etn going over all those guys, Evan Ingram, yeah, all that stuff. So, <laughs> no, so all right, you. so we're kind of split. We're kind of not here. Uh, I think we have the same train of thought. What yeah. about that over under? Uh, yeah, I, I think fifty two. Yeah, no, I think that's a pretty. Uh, I think that's a pretty good bet. Uh, like like the spread, Andy. I think it's going to keep going up and up. Uh, some books already have this at fifty two and a half by Friday. I bet this is probably fifty three, fifty three and a half. So if you if you like the over, get on it now. Or if you like the under, keep letting that rise and get it right before kickoff because it's going to be an inflated line. Uh, do I like it? Yes, I do. Just because I think it's going to be a little bit of a Rocky Apollo Creed kind of game. Uh, you know, punch for punch. Uh, you know, with these with these high powered offenses. So I, I really like, I really like the over. Yeah. And, and we know that Jacksonville's defense, they're a little leaky. Yeah. And Kansas city, they'll allow scores to happen. Cause they're, they're just not threatened. They don't care. It seems like yeah. you said that before. Um, so I could easily see that over going and I really like it at that 52. Well, and I see a couple of pass to it, Andy, like you said, uh, you know, if, if the chiefs stomp these guys out, they're probably scoring, you know, 35 to 40 points themselves. Right. So I, 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 re- I really like this game and the fact that even if the chiefs blow them out, this could get to 52 and a half. And if it's a, you know, a back and forth ball game, like I think it definitely going to get to 52 and a half. So you see a couple pass to victory with that over. All right. All right. I, there we go. We, we agree on, we agree on that. We can, we can there move we forward with that. So we both like the chiefs to win straight up. Yeah. I like the chiefs to cover. You're thinking Jacksonville can get, you know, take those points. Yeah. Especially if you wait a little closer to kickoff, you'll probably get a point and a half or so. Yeah. If you, if you can wait till Saturday. Now, if you wait till Saturday, I bet that spreads at 10 points towards the chiefs. So uh, if you're on the Jags, wait till then, if you're on the chiefs, get it now. Get it in now. All right, let's uh, talk about those old the boys in blue. The Road Warriors are at it again. The New York yeah. Giants head on over to the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles too are coming off of a bye, and they yeah. too are a big time favorite over a touchdown minus seven and a half. Seven and a half is what I'm looking at. That's the night game, seven fifteen kickoff on Fox. Jabron, yeah, how you leaning? I'm leaning towards the Giants right now. Uh, just just with that inflated spread at uh, over a touchdown, Andy. This is a divisional game. The Giants are 5-0 and against the spread in their last five games. But more importantly, the Giants are 4-0 and against the spread in their last four games against NFC opponents 
including the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Uh, I think I like the Eagles to probably scrounge out a victory late by a field goal from Jake Elliott. So I'm going uh, probably 20, 20, 22 to 20 Eagles. Okay, so you have them covered by quite a ways here. Yeah. And the way that Daniel Jones played, I mean, he had like over 70 yards rushing, you know. Yeah. Um, just, man, did he put on a show uh, up in Minneapolis. But I'm telling you what, the, the Eagles defense, don't compare them to Minnesota's defense. Oh, no, you can't. You can't. I, I think the Giants are going to get a dose of reality here. And I just, I really like the rest. And not just because of a bye. New York just played. They don't have a, a long window to recuperate. Yeah. And I think they, I mean, there's probably some truth into a lot. What we we're trying to fade as far as uh, the Minnesota Vikings and yeah. how strong of an opponent they really were. Uh, I think the Giants might be uh, feeling a little bit of the after effects of taking some fool's gold in their big win on the road. That's not going to be the case here with Philadelphia. Hurts, we're talking about those injuries and is his shoulder yeah. okay? Well, he had an entire extra week to recuperate here. Yeah, so I, I think he's going to be full go. I think the Eagles are going to fly Eagles fly or whatever they say out there in Philadelphia. Seven and a half, though, man, that's a lot of points. No, it is a lot of points, Andy, and especially with a team that they've already played twice. So the Eagles can't really show much more than they already have to the Giants. And, uh, you know, the Giants really haven't been a full go against the Eagles yet this season, you know, with uh, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley playing together at the same time on the field. Hasn't right. happened yet. So um, the reason I'm kind of, you know, leaning towards the Giants is because of that. And like you said, with that Jalen Hurts kind of banged up, uh, we don't know how he's feeling. He's probably a, he's probably good to go in all aspects. But my best bet of this game, Andy, and this is going to surprise a lot of people, is the under. I like the under big time. Okay. While the Giants offense is rolling, coming off a you know huge win against the Vikings, like you said, uh, expect things to be much you know more difficult. Like you said, alluding to the Eagles defense being top tier in the NFL, and then conversely, the, <clears throat> the Giants made huge defensive stops last week against Vikings when they needed to. So I'm going with the under just because of those two reasons. Uh, that that makes sense to me. 47, 47 is what I'm looking at there for a total. Uh, and I'm kind of disappointed with the money line. Yeah, just no value there for Philadelphia like I thought there would be yeah. uh, at a minus 330 consensus is what I'm looking at. Like you said, a divisional game, playing them the third time. I thought you might be able to get a little bit more value there. Any player props that you're looking at? Yeah, Andy. I mean, we can go back to the last couple of games that we we're talking about with the player props. Uh, you know, in that Chiefs Jacksonville game, uh, you got you have to look at Mahomes over 314 uh, passing yards. I think this is a very good play, a pretty a pretty safe play for Patrick. You know that Arrowhead is going to be rocking. You know that he's going to be slinging the ball every which way. And like I said, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to push him to actually score score touchdowns and get that ball in the air a little bit. So, and I, I like the I like the Jaguars running defense a lot better than I do their passing defense. So I really like Mahomes over thir uh, 314 yards. And to go along with that, I really like his main guy there, Travis Kelsey, over 81 and a half receiving yards. I think they're a pretty good thing to parlay maybe, or just uh, look at in their own right. 
Okay, well, uh, those make a lot of sense to me. A player prop I'm looking at, I want to stay right here with the New York Giants and yeah. Eagles game. Saquon Barkley, uh, he has a 69 and a half yards number. I yeah. mean, he can't do that against the Eagles. He's going under. He's going <laughs> under in a big way. Okay. Last time they played, he only had 28 yards rushing. He's only gone over 69 and a half, 10 out of his 16 games, and he's their feature back. I get it. He's probably feeling better. And if they're going to win, they might have to lean on him. But I yeah. just haven't seen anything, especially in this matchup, that can, that tells me that he's going to go over that 69 and a half. Okay, Andy. Uh well, I, I don't agree with that, but I see where you're coming from in that. But I want to kind of, you know, lateral what you're saying with that. And look at the Daniel Jones rushing yards. And it's over 45 and a half. I don't think he can get to this being, uh, you know, uh, you know, running quarterback against the Eagles. Hasn't really bonded very well for people. So I really think they might be able to shut down this quarterback running uh and that i think that's pretty inflated to have 45 and a half rushing yards against yeah. this eagles defense so i will go on the under with that and i will just sidestep the saquon just because that's my guy so sidestep saquon but i like where you're going there with daniel jones yeah. i think people are just remember what he did last week with 78 yards against the vikings we already went I over agree. that that's not going to happen again not against the eagles and their defense you heard yeah. the horn that means we're up against it don't go anywhere folks wtl will be right back And welcome back, everybody, to WTL. I'm your host, Andy Classic, joined by... Gibral. <laughs> the Parlay Pounder. We know it. We're back. Yes, we are. And this time, you got a Parlay Play or two we're going to be sharing with the folks. Oh, yeah. Got to give the people what they want. At the end of this segment, we'll be having some Parlay Talk. And talking about giving people what they want, I mean, the AFC is loaded with some future wow. matchups, but none better than Cincinnati, Buffalo, the rematch that everybody wants to see for so yeah. many different reasons. Uh, but more than anything, this is going to be a really good game, and I think the line's just about right. I'm seeing four, four and a half all over the board. Buffalo is the favorite. Yeah, Andy. And like you said, I've I've seen this up near five, five and a half wow. uh, towards the Bills in some books. So if you're looking at that type, uh, sort of, you know, line move, you know, I, I, I would really hop on the Bengals right now because I do believe whichever way this game shakes out, it's going to be a field goal late. Yeah. And, um, you know, both of these teams are just coming in extremely hot. Both of these teams are, you know, to the we're down to the last four teams. Like it's, you know, these are the best teams in the NFL. Uh, while both clubs are a legit Super Bowl contender, I I think the Bengals are going to win. I really do. Wow. I think they come in and beat the Buffalo Bills. Go with my boy, Joey Burrow right here. <laughs> That's my guy. No, I, I just think it's going to be one of these. Really it's going to be a, a great game. And if I had to put my best bet out there, it's take the plus points for the Bengals and where my book is at right now is five and a half. I'm jumping all over that. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that for Cincinnati. I, I like where you're coming from. I think they can keep it within three. Uh, that's how these games have gone in the yeah, past. Sure. Uh, you're looking at a Cincinnati team. They won nine in a row. Yeah. Buffalo's run eight in a row. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> you're not getting better than these two right here. So I think it's, 
there's something to be said for a team that has momentum as well. And Cincinnati's coming off their win. I thought they looked really good. Uh, and Buffalo, maybe they have some rust that they're going to have to deal with early. Uh, I also, golly, what is with Josh Allen throwing all these interceptions? Yeah, no, I was just going to touch on that, Andy, in, in our props uh, section there is that he just hasn't been sharp. He makes the plays when he needs to make them, but he just, he, he's been very sloppy of late. And I just think that comes to he's so athletic, so he takes more chances, yeah. uh, you know, it, with dynamic plays. And, you know, I, I, I think that's a little bit of him trying to live up to the expectation of he is the MVP, he is the, you know, best NFL quarterback. He needs to make plays like Patrick Mahomes, but – uh, you know, hopefully he dials that down a little bit in the in the playoffs here. But if I had to guess, I bet he throws a pick or two in this game as well. <laughs> I think you might be onto something there. What about this total? I will say before we get into the number seven of the last ten matchups between these two teams has smacked that yeah. over, and we're looking at forty eight right now. Yeah, I know, and I think forty eight is a pretty good number for this game, Andy. Uh, and and, I, and I, I do like it. I do like the over in this game. I know that uh, if I keep saying the over, the over, the over in, in all these games, that one of them will have to hit. But no, I, I really think that this is a really good shot for people to take an over bet with 48 points. I believe it probably will get a little bit more inflated towards Sunday. Uh, like I said, I, my final score is 31-28 Bengals. So that would hit the over. That that would hit the over. That would get you there. Uh, and... There's also something to be said for Cincinnati's offensive line. They are banged up once again. Yeah. But it seems like, well, this is the, these are the same guys that Joey B did with last year. He didn't have a great offensive line last year, and he still was able uh, to take those sacks and figure out a way to win. So it's more of the same. Like, there's a lot of detractors and things that, you know, you can poke holes uh, yeah, in the can. Bengals here. Uh, but they've, they've already lived this before. They've, they've been to the big dance where yeah. – Buffalo hasn't yet. They, I feel like Buffalo has something to prove here. The pressure's on the Bills. No, I, I agree 100%, Andy, that uh, the Bengals are just coming in here, uh, you know, free walking, just thinking, you know, if, if we beat them, you know, uh, here we go on to the Chiefs, you know, to do it again. And yeah. we've already beat that team twice. So literally all the pressure's on the Bills. The last two to two and a half years, everybody's been saying the Bills, you know, could be the best team in the NFL, are the best team in the NFL. Josh Allen is the best player in the NFL, is one of the best players. So the Bills have something to prove here. The Bengals have already been to the mountaintop, like you said, and Joey B is cool under everything. So give me the Bengals to win this one. That over's hitting. You know, I, I don't know if I'll go that far with you, but uh, I like a lot of what you're saying. And Cincinnati, they are 7-1 against the spread their last eight games. Yeah. And the more we talk about it, doing the research on it, I really like that. It was five and a half points for the Bengals. Give that to me all day long. So I will yeah, go no, with that. I agree, Andy. And I really think that once we see – I think this line is going to start decreasing as well once you see the books just getting porn on with uh, Bengals bets because it's going to happen. This this – line should be at three points and i believe it gets there by sunday so if you're seeing five and a half four and a half five points take the Bengals. It, I, I believe it's free money because the Bengals are going to show up to play and they're going to keep it close and i feel like this number is also going to get pushed because starting january 1 uh sports gambling was legalized in ohio and they oh, yeah. are crazy about their Bengals in cincinnati uh, they even have an official sports book sponsor in bedford yeah. 
Yeah, bet spread, <laughs> so, you know, got a sweet statement, all that stuff. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of those bets are just plainly going to go on the plus 205 Bengals money line. And uh, you, you yep. can't blame them for that because they have a legitimate shot to win this game. Not at all. All right, so let's head on over to the nightcap. That's the NFC matchup. The surprise Cowboys, surprise yeah. to some, surprise to a lot. Take it on the 49ers, where the 49ers are a three-and-a-half-point favorite consensus. That's a 5.30 kickoff on Fox. Yeah, Andy, uh, like we said, uh, you know, nobody thought the Cowboys would make it this far, uh, other than the Cowboys fans, obviously, but they're saying that every year. Uh, you know, they, they proved they proved a lot of doubters wrong last week, especially me. Uh, I'm one of the biggest Cowboy haters in the world. You know, I'm right up there with Stephen A. Smith and, uh, you know, uh, uh, just that win on Monday night, it you know, off from our boy Brett Maher's extra point kicking, they looked sharp. They looked sharp. They can't go in and miss four extra points against the 49ers, I'll tell you that. Uh, as good as the Cowboys played, the 49ers are a different beast than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're a different beast than anybody that the Cowboys have faced thus far. If the Cowboys turn it over you know, at least one time this game could be over. I think those offensive weapons for the 49ers are going to shine bright. They're not going to make Brock Purdy do too much to beat this Dallas team. Don't have to. And um, I, I think I think the the safe bet here is taking San Francisco anywhere from minus three and a half all the way up to minus five. So that's I, I like the Niners. I, I do too. And uh, you talked about the Monday night deal. Yeah. Um, I don't care that Dallas uh, – you know, did dominate that game. Uh, there was some drama at times. You mentioned Brett Maher. By the way, the funniest meme I saw was they got him a new helmet. And it's a stormtrooper. Yeah. <laughs> can't hit can't aim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the 49ers, they got the bye, right? Yeah. They are well no. rested. They are well, well they, they played last week. Sorry. What's that? The Eagles got the bye. The 49ers played last week. You're right. You're right. But I'm yeah. talking about that extra day of rest. Excuse yeah, me. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, for yeah. Dallas. So the, the time... Um, and then just the defense, it's not Tampa Bay's defense. No, no, it's not. And I think home, home field advantage, Andy, is going to play a huge part in this. Uh, San Francisco's 8-1 and one at Levi Stadium this year. I don't see that. I don't see the Cowboys coming in and, you know, uh, disproving them. At, you know, I, I just – yeah, I just don't – I don't see it happen. Also, Dallas is a dismal 2-9 and nine against the spread in their last 11 games in January. Uh I, I just don't see him hanging with the 49ers, especially when the spread's this low. Take the 49ers by a touchdown. I got him winning 28 to 20 49ers. Bingo. And you mentioned 8 1 their last nine games at Levi Stadium. They're also 8 1 against the spread. Their last yes. nine games are the 49ers. Agreed. Um, there's a theory out there, though, and it makes a lot of sense. When you see a three and a half line, that is telling you that, you know, everyone thinks this game is going to be close. Yes. And it's, could very well be within a field goal and then you're getting that juice you're getting that half point there yeah so i think you're and also just we already talked about dallas fans yeah I no, I, a lot I of money pour in for the cowboys yeah no i i do see a lot of uh cowboys and you know just sports betters in general putting that plus four or you know plus three and a half in their back pocket and feeling very good about it but again i don't see how you feel good especially with the way that the Dallas kicking game has looked in recent weeks. And uh, I just think the 49ers are going to 
uh, wreak havoc on on Dak and make him make quick decisions will turn into turnovers. What about that total of 46 points, 46 evens, what I'm looking at? Yeah, my, my prediction is right at that, Andy. Uh, I think I, I, I literally have it at 48 right now. So I kind of like the under. I'll, I'm going to say I, that. I, I like I, the under. If I had to bet this, I would put it towards the under just because I don't like the Cowboys scoring in this. I really don't like him scoring a lot in this game. Well, all right. We got a little bit of time here, Mr. Yeah. Parlay Pounder. You got to yeah. play for us? Yeah, I got to play for us, Andy. And I'll go with my three-team parlay pick right here. I got the San Francisco uh, 49ers money line at minus 195 paired with the Giants-Eagles under at 48 points at a minus 110 bet. And then I end it with the Jacksonville Jaguars plus eight and a half at a minus 110 bet. Betting 25 to receive 113. Ooh, I like that. And you're not getting too far out there. Those are all very probable props. Yeah, no, they are. Uh, I, I really like it, Andy. I mean, you can see that the Chiefs could, you know, make a case at winning over 10 points and all that. I just really like the way this is structured with the 49ers not having to cover just the money line. And then, like I said, I think that Giants-Eagle game does end up in the under category. So I, I really feel good about it, as good as I can feel about a parlay going into the weekend. All right. Well, you heard it right there from the parlay pounder. We're up against it. So going to take a moment to recognize one of our fabulous sponsors. That is the Nebraska Brewing Company. We've been enjoying it all NFL season and college football season as yep. well. Nebraska Brewing Company, world class in every glass. Don't go anywhere. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL. I'm your host, Andy Class, and joined by Gibran. Oh, the Parlay Pounder. Got it. You got it. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, okay, so we talked college basketball, a little NCAA. We, uh, we talked NFL. Of course, you have to talk the NFL. It's the playoffs. Got the playoffs covered. We're talking playoffs? Playoffs? Now we got to get into your wheelhouse. Yeah. The UFC 283 in Rio, Brazil. And Huge boy, card. they got a stack card, a lot of hometown. Would you say favorites? I don't know. A lot of intrigue. This should be a good one. A lot of intrigue. It's going to be a really fun one. And yeah, let's just let's start with one of the heavy favorites. Uh, that is Jessica Andre taking on the American Lauren Murphy. You know, on paper, it's a number four contender versus number six. So yeah. you would think the number four contender would be a pick to win or, yeah. you know, kind of a flip them. That's not what the odds say here. No, it, it, in, in a lot of aspects, that would be the case, Andy, but Andre is, you know, she's back up to flyweight to take on Lauren Murphy, who is a tough out for anyone. We're not, we're not saying that, but Murphy's toughness is one of her biggest strengths as she can take some big shots and keep marching forward, Andy. But uh -huh. however, Andre is the much better striker she has the bigger motor. She has the better skill set, and she'll land bigger and better shots. I believe the Brazilian can also mix in some surprise takedowns to help win this. So I, I really, I really like her in this matchup to, uh, you know, take it home. So I, I'm going with the Brazilian in this matchup. 
And Jessica has fun hair. I believe it's neon blue right now. Yeah, it, it, you know, she might do it green this <laughs> this week. You, ne you never know how it's going to be with her, but she is a lot of fun to watch and definitely one of the best women fighters in the UFC. So I am going with Jessica. Not a not a bad way to, to start the card or for us to start the show. Uh, she sure. does have a minus 450 odds, so yeah. you might have to look into some of those props if you want to find value a little closer to fight night. No, I agree. Uh, I think my best thing would for her to look at her knockout, uh, you know, uh, uh, TKO odds, they'll be plus something, but I believe that's probably the way she will win this fight. All right. Well, let's move on up the card. Welterweight bout in the men's division. Gilbert Burns, the Brazilian, yeah. taking on Neil Magny, uh, the boy from the United States here. Yeah. Number five versus number 12 contender. So the American big time underdog once again. Yeah, Andy. And here we, you know, have about between two of the most experienced fighters in the welterweight division. In fact, Magny recently set the record for most UFC wins at welterweight. Um, and, you know, so you know that these guys are both going to bring it. But Burns enters the fight as a favorite. You know, the 36-year-old is coming off a three-round war with Hazmat Shemaev, uh, you know, the rising star, and really went punch for punch with him. It was one of the most exciting fights of 2022. So uh, it, it, it makes sense that he is the, is the huge, um, you know, odds in this one. Magni has relied on his takedown abilities to gain an edge over his opponents in the past. That will not work on Saturday against Gilbert Burns. He's a black belt and and is you know capable of locking in a brutal submission of his own. So uh, I, I'm I'm siding with the bookmakers here with Gilbert Burns. You know, gonna gonna smack him in this one. And I, I get it; they're both in the welterweight division, but Burns just looks bigger. Yeah, doesn't yeah, just he, he looks like he's a maybe a, a weight class up or something. Yeah, no, no, agreed, Andy. And, you know, backing Burns, like you said, is, you know, that that's tough at a 500, you know, minus 500 odds. Uh, you know, it comes with little or no betting. But I, I believe that Magni keeps this, you know, upright. I believe they, you know, keep going, you know, and I think Burns will win this by decision, which is at a plus 190 right now. So I'm okay. thinking that this, this uh, fight goes the distance. And has Burns winning into decision, which is at plus 190. So I like that bet a lot. Yeah, that money line. You can shop it around, but I mean, it's not great. Uh, minus 365 to 500 and everywhere in between. Burns yeah. is the heavy favorite. You got to look at some of those value plays if you really want to get in on that one. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and if some of you guys are sitting back at home and just thinking Burns is going to smoke this guy, he's going to KO him, TKO. I do see a uh, method of victory uh, by TKO to TKO is plus 300 right now. So that is very good betting odds okay. for the, you Gilbert fans out there that think he's just going to, you know, smack him. So I, I like that play as well, Andy. All right, let's just continue going on up the card here. Kind of a yeah. unique situation where we have the champion Versus the champion in the flyweight? Yeah, Andy. Uh, Davison Figueroa versus Brandon Moreno. Uh, uh, Figueroa got hurt, so he is the champion that was kind of on IR, so to speak. But Moreno won the interim uh, uh, fight in 2022. So, yeah, champion versus champion. This is number four, Andy. This is the fourth fight that these guys have had in the UFC uh, we're still we're still trying to figure out who's the best here with the first one coming as a draw and then they splitting, you know, splitting it in the last two fights. 
So this this is really as good as UFC can get. You know, most people can't extend, you know, a trilogy into a fourth fight with, you know, having, you know, fans still want to see it. And this yeah. is definitely one of those fights. And just the intrigue alone where they're both standing there with the belt over their shoulder. It's like, well, which one's the real belt? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and like I said, the first fight in 2020 ended in an exciting draw. Uh, the second fight, 2021, ended in a victory of Moreno using the submission. And then Figueroa uh, uh, won the third bout in 2022 as a unanimous decision. So there really hasn't been a fight that, you know, really says this guy or that guy yet to push him in front. Uh, Moreno came close to winning the third fight before a couple key takedowns by uh, by Figueredo and, you know, to take the edge with the scoring there. He enters this one with a distinct advantage on the ground. Moreno lands two and a half takedowns per 15 minutes, while Figueredo only lands one and a half. I think that proves to be the difference, and I'm going Brandon Moreno to emerge victorious in this one uh, as my bet of the night. Yeah, this is really going to be a fantastic fight, a fantastic bout. Uh, and it's also the odds makers reflect that it's a coin flip. It is. Uh, you're not going to find much of a favorite anywhere uh, you look on this one. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I just got to go with the motor. I think Moreno, uh, the assassin baby, really gets gets going. Uh, and it's going to go later. It's, it's going to be a really deep fight. It would not surprise me to see this go the distance, Andy. Yeah. So if I had a best bet, just an in-fight bet, okay. it would be for this for Moreno to win in this fight to go the distance. So I, I really like both of those bets in this particular fight. And Moreno, the young man hailing out of Mexico, he's also not coming off an injury. I like no. that as well. No, he's not. Any, like we said, he kept he kept going in 2022. Uh, he won the interim belt. So I, I really like him. And I I get the feeling Figueroa uh, really didn't want to take this fight. But he kind of had to because, you know, it's really the only spot for him because everybody knows that these two are the best in the division. It's in Rio. It's it's in Brazil. I mean, you got to you got to you got to you got to do it. Way. You got to do it. All right. Let's move on up to the car to the main event. That is let's the go. light heavyweight yes. title bout. Glover Texera out of Brazil. He's the number two contender. Take it on Jamil Hill. Young man out of the United States. Hill is the favorite at minus 125. Yeah, Andy, I think this is where um, I, I don't really like the odds makers, and I think they have it wrong. Glover Teixeira, although he's had an up and down UFC career, and he's really he's old. He is old, yeah, but he looks old. You know, his, his dreams of being a champion became a reality. You know, with a submission over Jan Blachowicz in 2021, the 43 year old's you know reign was short with losing to Yuri Prochaska last year, which was a really really good fight. He had him. He literally had him on the ground and. Uh, Prohaska just came out, you know, younger, stronger, all that kind of stuff, and got him right at the end with a with a submission. But uh, I think Tashir gets back on track. I don't believe Jamal here is Hill is uh, is ready for this fight. I don't think I think they kind of just shoved him in, you know, willy nilly to give somebody to Glover to fight. Um, I, I really like Glover in an upset win here, Andy. Well, it's not that big of an upset. I'm looking at plus 105 is the yeah. book I'm looking at here. Uh, and the hometown crowd is going to be there. It's going to be pro Texera, uh, no matter which way you slice or dice it. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And and this is this is one of those classic battles, Andy, that everybody in the UFC always talks about: striker versus grappler. Hill is probably probably has one of the best striking abilities in this weight class, but Teixeira is the best grappler. There's no ifs, ands, or buts or about it. He is the best on the ground in the division, maybe you know, in the UFC. Uh, Hill's kickboxing background won't come in handy as long as you know Teixeira is able to use his jiu-jitsu uh, experience to absorb the powerful punches. But keep in mind, Hill's only MMA loss came at the hands of a grappler via armbar submission. So my best bet of the night, Andy, is to share a by submission at a plus 240. Oh. That is good value, and I think it has a very good chance of hitting as well. Texture has plus money every which way you bet him here. I, I like yeah. that a lot. All yeah. right, Mr parlay pounder this is ufc 283 you gotta have a parlay play for us i do i got a three-teamer andy and it you know kind of just runs down what we thought there andy glover tessier at a money line at a plus 110 brandon moreno at a money line minus 125 and then i'm going with the over in the magni and gilbert burns fight of over two and a half rounds at a minus 105 putting 15 dollars on this to receive 100 back Oh my God, you got it like that. 15 to receive 105. Okay. Yep. And you're you're only picking really one upset there, and it's a light one in Texera. Yeah, no, and like I said, I I really think the books have it wrong here. And they might not have it wrong, but I, I do like that it's really close. But I think they're playing Glover's age a lot into this, thinking that he might not be able to go five rounds. I don't know if Hill can go five rounds. I don't think that he's ever had the chance to or ha- had to step in the ring with a with a guy like Glover Teixeira before. So I like those three plays. Let's go through them again. Glover Teixeira, money line, Brandon Moreno, money line, and the Magni Burns fight over two and a half rounds. Excellent. Well, that'll about do it for us this week, unless you had something else. No, that's it, Andy. I am picked out. Well, be sure to follow us, everybody, on YouTube as that channel is exploding. We're growing really faster. Twitter handle, love the interaction, the back and forth there, share those short videos. And then TikTok, receive our weekly and daily free picks. Have a lot of fun uh, going back and forth with you guys. For sure. For Jabron, the parlay pounder, I'm Andy Classen. Thanks, folks, for listening. This has been WTL.